John had asked to have the boys for the Thanksgiving holiday, um, and he was supposed to return them on Black Friday, November 26, 2010. Murders, mysteries, unexplained stories, and our family's crazy opinions on them all. Join us now. The Family School of Thought is in session. Hey, everybody. Hope everybody's doing good, having a good week. Thanks again for visiting with us. Um, hope everybody is uh, remembering to share and like our site and um, push, put that, hit that like button. It helps us out a great deal. And for sure, give us all your thoughts at the family school of thought at gmail.com okay let's get going this week i know jesse's in a hurry yes get to bed so jesse why don't you start us out with some history facts yes history unexplained mysteries so um on november 22nd 1987 two television stations in chicago had broadcast hijacked by an unknown person impersonating the character Max Headroom, an artificial intelligence character that debuted in the early 1980s in the television movie Max Headroom, 20 Minutes into the Future. Both Chicago stations, WGN-TV and WTTW, were interrupted separately within a span of three hours the intruder made references to the television series Clutch Cargo of the 1960s and to news anchors and even exposed himself while a second intruder smacked him in the butt with a fly swatter. What? The incident made national headlines um, and the Federal, uh, Federal Communications Commission investigated the hijacking, but no one was ever charged with the pirating. They were never able to identify who it was. Huh. Yeah, I've heard about this. It's really interesting, actually, yeah. because yeah. it like it, it was it like it came and went, and there was not no reason to it, and they still can't find out who did it. I think it's so That's interesting. Yep. Huh. There you go. There's my interesting. interesting. All right. Unexplained mysteries. Okay. Only one for us this week. Only one. Okay. All right. Cass, that means you are up next. Oh, and I got a good one this week. Um, and we all, I know we have all heard this song before. Um, this is Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. Yeah. Well, so obviously this is part of a why is it creepy? segment um i'm getting nervous about hearing this one i'm telling you well i mean this one's pretty straightforward again like it's it really if you really think about the lyrics of the song it's pretty straightforward why it's creepy this is an entire song about the narrator wanting his best friend's girlfriend mm-hmm. and willing to do anything it takes to get her which means ruining his friendship to be with this girl um, which in itself is fairly creepy. Um, but when Rick Springfield has talked about this song later on, he has pointed out that this is a real story and that he had a friend named Gary who had a girlfriend that he wanted really, really badly. Um, but instead of, I don't know, talking to the girl, he just wrote this song. Um, he admitted in an interview with Oprah that he never talked to this girl. 
Not once did he ever talk to this girl in the entire time he had a crush on the girl. He just stared at her longingly um, while she was with his best friend, which again, stalker vibes. It's uh, really (laughs) creepy. (laughs) It's probably why she ended up with Gary and not him. You guys better watch out. Somebody might be staring at you. (laughs) But there you go. That's your it's a, That's a good song. And that is what it's about. I knew that. Right. It's yeah. pretty straightforward, but it's, it's still, so whether it's straightforward or not, it's still pretty creepy. A little creepy. <laughs> so, there is something romantic. Imagine being that best friend, Gary, during the song. Right. That's what I think is so creepy is that, like, he had this is a real best friend he has. And his friend Gary has to listen to him talk about how he's willing to ruin his best friendship for a girl. Like, ooh. Okay. Well, anyways, hey, I was talking to some people at work, and we were talking about, hey, there, Delilah. Mm-hmm. Nobody was so freaked out. They're like, why? That's romantic that he met this girl and he dreamt of the whole life. Well, with her. I think okay, I think this is. I remember this was like part of an episode of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> it's like one of Barney's charts. You know, one of the Barney is a character if nobody's yeah. ever watched it, but he said there is a line that is crossed between if it's creepy or if it's cute. If you're attracted mm-hmm. to the person, you find it cute and romantic. If you're not attracted to that person, it's creepy. Right. So I, there's a fine okay. line. Well, that, sounds, that doesn't even sound very good. So I should be offended if somebody's not attractive, but they. Well, no, it's, no, no. It's, if you are attracted, so if somebody is like singing the song, like "Hey there, Delilah," you know, to you, you know, they mm-hmm. wrote the song for you, but you're not attracted to that person, it's kind of creepy. But right. if you are attracted, you're like, "Oh, it's so romantic!" Like you right. wrote a song for me, right? Like it's not I about like you singing. being mad at them for singing the song. It's about whether or not it comes across the way it should. Yeah, it could be cute. It's cute or it's creepy, depending right. on how you feel about that person. And I also, I've stated this a million times with this song. The creepy part is not always just the song. It's about the like backstory that the fact that this, yeah. this Delilah was a real girl that he wrote this yeah. song about and she had no idea who he was. Yeah. And he wrote this top charting song yeah. about her and she has to be like, uh, okay, that's really nice. Yeah. Well, probably if I did that, I would probably really never identify the person. You know what I mean? Right. But he named oh, her fine. straight fine. up. Her I real name is, is Delilah. <laughs> I think it is kind of neat. I could see, I mean, I don't write songs. Actually, I do, but um, <laughs> I, for me to like meet somebody at a party and just kind of fantasize about the life I might have with that person and putting it into a song, I don't think anything's weird about that or creepy. Now, if I go to the person and say, hey, I wrote this song, now aren't you going to fall in love with me? That's kind of yeah. creepy. That's right. kind of creepy, well, right? Kinda, but if I just yeah. said, hey, I wrote the song about, you know, or if I wrote the song, it became a hit, and I just said, yeah, it was about this girl I met. And, you know, nothing ever came about it, but I was just kind of daydreaming you know, what would happen. I think that's kind of cute and romantic. I don't think anything's wrong with that. Yeah. And sure. quite frankly, Maybe Delilah wasn't such a delight if she was so offended by it. Hmm. Interesting. So says the, the, so says the man. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. I could do a million and five true crime stories about people, women who have rejected men um, yeah. for lesser well, reasons like and then got murdered. Yeah. But yeah. hey, like that's fine. It's not like it was a rejection. It wasn't no, like it wasn't it was a rejection. But it's still. But I'm just saying that, that like the creepy, yeah, the creepy factor of what 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 if he had gone to her and been like, well, I wrote this hit song. So you and can date me now. You. So no, yeah, well, that's different. That's different. So that's yeah, that's, the, like, that's the line. That's yeah, the okay. line where it's like it's right. dragging on that line where you gotta yeah, be like, it's toeing the line. It's it's toeing the line. Hey, let's take it to our listeners. Is it cute? Yeah. Is it creepy? There you go. Let us it's know creepy. what you think. We've got three women saying it's creepy and one man saying it's not. So (laughs) because he's the man. Uh, One of them is a woman that thought it was romantic until she thought about it. (laughs) Ruin that song for a lot of people. Sorry. I still love the song, and my next daughter is going to be called Delilah. We're not having another daughter. You never know. Well, you, you with you, you know. Mm-hmm. You've okay. already got three. I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. Okie dokie. Um, who's up, Jesse? It's me. Yes. It's Let's hear me. your story for the week. So this is a story that is a little close to home. It is about the three skeleton brothers who disappeared. In November of 2010, from Morenzi, Michigan. Do you guys remember this story? No. Involved in it. What? Is there a railroad track involved in it? Not that I know of. I mean, maybe, but I don't think so. Um, These were. It was three brothers, very young, um, and, and this happened in November 2010. At the time, the brothers were, um, Andrew was nine, Alexander was seven, and Tanner was 12, or I'm sorry, Tanner was 10, oh gosh, Andrew was nine, Alexander was seven, Tanner was five. Um, It has been, and this happened in 2010, so it has been just over 12 years since this happened. And we really have not found any new information that leads to the whereabouts of the three brothers. Um, Where this, I think I this do was, remember the story. I was going to say, I'm surprised you guys don't remember this because it was big news. Um, do you and, remember it? Yeah, I do remember it. Yeah, I do remember it because it's, and I think maybe once we get into it, you guys might, it might uh, um, catch on for you guys because yeah, this involves the parents were separated. They weren't fully divorced yet when this happened, but the mom had allowed the three boys to go to the dad's house for Thanksgiving. And her only like requirement was because she had full custody of the boys. Her only requirement was that she wanted them to be dropped off or picked up, you know, back in her custody by um, Friday morning so that she could go out and go black Friday shopping with them. And, um, and they never, came home so um so what happened to the dad well that's that's part of the mystery of this story um so their father um 
asked for to have them. Mom, uh, the um, father's name is John. Yeah, John Skeleton. Mom's name is Tanya, and her she goes by. I'm assuming her maiden name now. It's uh, Zuver. I think it's how you say it. Zuvers. Um, he had John had asked to have the boys for the Thanksgiving holiday um, during their uh, divorce proceedings, and you know they were in a custody battle. Um, and he was supposed to return them on Black Friday, November 26, 2010. Um, they went to stay with him on the day before Thanksgiving. So Wednesday, the day before. Um, and they were seen outside in the backyard playing. Um, and then it was um, like Thanksgiving Day was like the last time a neighbor had saw them outside playing in their backyard. And that was the last time that they were seen. Um was on Thanksgiving, um, Thanksgiving day. And nobody knows what happens, what happened. That's where like the mystery really kind of comes about is because between Thursday, November 25th and, um, Friday, November 26th at like, you know, like 4 30 AM, there's like, you know, like a time period of nobody really knows what happened. Um, and what happened with the boys. So, um, the 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 boys on Thanksgiving Day, the dad went to the ER for a broken ankle, and he told the emergency room that he um, attempted suicide by hanging and fell and broke his ankle. And when he was in the ER, he said his he had three boys. They they were at home, but they were safe. He didn't want them coming into the hospital with them, and so they you know, he said he had young boys. So they went to check up on the boys. The police came and found nobody at the house, but the house had been kind of like ransacked a little bit. It looked like there was just things like thrown around. Um, and so then he was questioned again on, you know, like, where are the boys? And um, he said, well, I sent them to um, like a neighbor. Her name was like Joanne. Um, Oh, I forget her last name, but her name was Joanne. And so they like started looking to find out who this Joanne person was. Come to find out there's nobody by that name that lives in the neighborhood. They couldn't find any information on this Joanne person at all. And so then he later said, well, I gave them to this um, woman. I don't know what her name is, but she's an Amish woman. That's like an underground Amish community because I wanted them to be safe. I didn't want them to be home while I was committing suicide. I wanted them to be safe. So the mom, Tanya, had gotten worried about the boys um, because she all of a sudden, you know, like on Thanksgiving Day, was no longer receiving any communication back from, from John. And um, so she got worried and she went over to the house and tried to see if she could find them on her own and um and nobody was at the house because he was at the hospital at the time um and so she immediately called the cops and put in a missing person um report for her three sons because the reason that they were getting a divorce was because in september so a few months a couple months before um this their disappearance their dad john had taken all three of the boys got them out early from school and took them down to Florida where his parents live without informing mom, Tanya. 
And so the school, she only knew because the school had called and said, hey, John came and picked up the boys early today. They said that they were going on a, a vacation down to Florida, you know, so have fun on your trip, you know, kind of thing. But we just want to let you know that they've been picked up already. And so she, you know, called the cops on him because he did not have her consent to take the kids out of state. And she was worried about it. And so um, she kind of let it go, you know, like let that ha- like happen again. But then a few, I think like a month later, a few months, a few weeks later, she took the two old, or sorry, he took the two older boys to Florida again without her consent. And it was at that time that she said, nope, we're getting a divorce. And she filed for, you know, full custody and um, was trying to, you know, finalize everything with that because he obviously wasn't, you know, you know, he was trying to get these boys out of the state without her consent and, you know, without her knowing about it, but she kept finding out. And so she kind of had the last straw. She said she was going to get a divorce, but he had been, you know, on good behavior. So on Thanksgiving, she thought it would be okay to let them stay with him for a couple nights and then, you know, be there and pick them up on Friday. Um, but John's story continuously changed every time he talked to somebody and the cops that were like investigating this still to this day believe that he has knowledge of where the boys are or, you know, like what happened to them and is just not sharing that information. Um, Mm -hmm. And some of it is they think that it's, um, you know, due to like, he just was upset that she was divorcing him and was trying to get full custody of them. Um, but you know, like that's something that you know, the police, the, um, the head detective, the, um, Lieutenant Jeremy Brewer has said that, um, there's every so often that they'll get a tip through the, in these last 12 years, they'll get a tip that makes a lot of sense to them, but when it gets, they, they're like throwing all the resources at this, but they can't like get the dots to connect, um, and so there's been tips that uh, they've like went through every year. Um, you know, there's, you know, information about a blue Dodge Caravan that um, was around um, the area where the dad was, um, but it's just nothing is connecting. And that is something too, that the police, once they started investigating this, found out the, the neighbors last saw the boys again on Thanksgiving out in the backyard but dad's phone was on Friday, November 26th at 4.30 in the morning. His cell phone was pinged in Morency, but he was driving southwest out of town. And then at 5 a.m., his phone pinged again, but it was in Holiday, uh, Holiday City, Ohio, just over the border between Michigan and Ohio. And granted, Marenzi is like a border city. So this was only about like 20 miles, 20 minute drive. Um, You know, so it wasn't like too far. But um, there his phone was shown to be shut off. And it didn't turn back on until 645 where it pinged that he was back at his house. Um, So there's, you know, an hour and 45 minutes of where was he? What was he doing? Why was he in Ohio? Um, but there's the, and that's where like, nobody knows what happened in that 75 minute gap of time um, between when it, his phone pinged in Holiday City and when he returned back home. 
Um, so that's where kind of, there's been a lot of like books and movies or not movies, um, documentaries that um, have kind of covered this, but that's what they really kind of work on is like what happened during this time. And they'd have gotten tips from people in Ohio saying that they saw like that blue Dodge Caravan near Holiday City, you know, and near this location. They looked in those, but they can't find any actual evidence um, after those leads have been given to them. So they're still kind of like, they just don't know what happened. Um, so, but John Skeleton has said that he, like I said, gave the boys to the underground group, uh, Amish group to protect them from their mother um, because she has a felony um, charge against her, like an old one. Um, and I tried to find out how old she is. Cause this is one that is kind of concerning, but I do think that in the investigation, like nothing's really come like forward with this whole missing thing that like, she's never been considered a suspect of anything, but she was charged in 1998 of fourth degree criminal conduct for having sex with a 14 year old. Um, so wow. I think she's around like 44 though. It, and she was convicted of this. Yeah. Well, she was, yeah. So she was charged with it. So, and who was this lady to him? This was his ex-wife. It was the three boys. This is their mother. So he was saying that he gave the boys to a lady that was part of the underground Amish community to protect them because he can, he's told the cops that she was sexually abusing the boys, which she has denied. There's been no evidence of that at all. You know, she's just saying he's pointing his finger to try to make her look bad in this situation. Because right. of, but I'm thinking though, too. So if she's 40, like kind of doing the math, if she's 44 now, 1998, she would have been, you know, like, you know, I guess at the, you know, like 16 ish, you know, like, I don't know, you know, like that's something too, where like, I don't think it would be that big of a difference. I mean, you know, she may have been 18 at the time with a 14 year old, which is, it is worrisome, but also like Wait high school age. This, so, this don't get up here. Yeah, that, that doesn't add up. Well, I don't know how old. That's why I tried looking to see how old she was. I couldn't find she's anywhere. She's 44 now or she's 44. She was 44 when the boys disappeared. She's 44 now. I think she's 44 now. So like 2023, let's, I mean, 44, that puts her as 1979. That put her 32 12 years ago. And that, well, oh, she would have been in, if she's 44 but now. The, the, she was she charged in 1990. She yeah, was she charged in 1999 19, or 1998. 1998. Yeah. So she would have been 19 at that time. So I'm thinking what okay. it was. 14 year old boy. She was like 18, 19 when it happened. So it could yeah. have been, she was a senior, he was a freshman, you know, that kind of a situation. Wow. Still Where gross, but like. It's still gross, wow. but it's like, I think he, the Left dad out. was blowing it out of proportion to make portion. her. Hey, yeah. she's got this felony charge. And I think yeah. that's why the fourth degree because. It's more of like the Romeo and Juliet, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, now it's you. So, you know. Well, it's I, not hard to happen. It did happen in here in our state. I know. But that's why. So anyways. This is a case whole, from our state. So. Okay. But the whole point. 
It'd be different okay. if it was 16 okay. and 18. This is, I think, what his whole point was. 14, no. Yes. You see how yeah. distracted you guys got from that one little thing? I know. That was his whole, I think, in my opinion, this is entertainment purposes only. That was, in my opinion, that was his goal was to throw out this fact and then everybody just globs go crazy. that one fact and goes yeah. crazy over that one fact and argues and debates it and then forgets about everything else. I yeah, I agree that because that is that is like the That's second you said that she had this charge, yeah. it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, exactly. But then when you think about it, you're like, oh, I guess. Yeah. Like, and then, you know, and then he claimed that she was abusing her sons, but she denied it. And then she was investigated and they had no evidence on it. So, right. you know, like there's nothing that, you know, I think what happened, it was just like a high school thing. You know, like, I don't think it was that big of a. I mean, it, it's a big deal, but I don't think it should have been blown out of proportion as like what just happened, you know? Right, um, right. So, but um, the Lieutenant Brewer has said, he said in 2020 at the 10 year anniversary that he fully believes that John Skeleton is holding back key information to this case. Oh, and yeah. That he knows oh, exactly yeah. what happens, you know, and he, he is quoted as saying, this is not a case of everyone hates John Skeleton. We just want to find these boys. So I think it's one of those things because Morency is a small town. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody, you know, is friends with everybody. But that's that's something too is that they just they they know he's not telling the full truth on this. So, um, but in so September fifteenth, two thousand eleven, John Skeleton pleaded no contest to three counts of unlawful imprisonment. Um, of the three boys so they couldn't confirm they had no evidence against him that he murdered his sons or you know like gave them to you know the underground Amish you know any they couldn't confirm and you know provide proof of evidence that he actually had a hand in that so he was charged with um um with uh, kidnapping of his own kids and then unlawful imprisonment. And so um, in 2011, he was sentenced and convicted and sentenced to unlawful imprisonment of the three boys and was sentenced to 10 to 15 years in prison. Um, so he was denied, he was up for parole in 2020. And then again in, um, I think, August 22. So just within the last six months. And he was denied parole both times. Um, he will be able to apply this year for parole again, um, but I couldn't find where, like, what month of this year. So I'm assuming probably August, September again sometime. Um, but he is currently serving his his sentence um, for the imprisonment, the unlawful imprisonment of this, because that's all they really could convict him of um, with this, because they're there really has been no concrete evidence that has ever been like surfaced on what happened um, with this. So um, there was an Amber alert um, put out shortly after once Tanya called the police, the Morency police, they put out an Amber alert pretty quickly, um, which if people don't know, Amber alerts only go out for minor children. If there's a fear of endangerment of those, of anybody like, any other people or of those children. Um, there's like specific criteria that has to be made, but because 
John had taken the boys out of state twice within the recent months without her consent, they considered that an endangerment, those acts um, and his previous behavior and endangerment um, because of that erratic behavior. So um, that's when they, you know, like they knew he, they had to have been with the, with their dad, but um, they just couldn't figure out what, where they were, what, you know, he, and he just kept changing his story and he, um, he refused to provide really any details or explain himself more than he gave the kids to a lady that he didn't know. And that's kind of where his last story, like that, what he is saying, that's where it kind of like left off um, is that he gave it to this unknown person. He didn't know who she was, but he gave it in said that it was an Amish person. Um, and I think the, there was like an Amish community in the area um, and the police investigated and kind of talked with them and, you know, just to kind of rule out that and the Amish people, um, or that Amish community had, has gone on the record staining, you know, like we don't have TV, we don't, you know, you know, they don't use electricity, but they don't have any information on these three boys. They don't know where they are. They don't know anybody in their community that, you know, like took them from the dad, um, and it, because Amish, the Amish community is very like a close knit community. They would know just because they don't hear things on the TV. They would know if something like right. this was going on. And um, even if that did happen, there's no way that they would hide these three boys from the public after, you know, with this big news story going on. So they basically kind of said like, Hey, we, we don't want to be involved with this. We don't, we want to brush ourselves away from, from this. So, um, wow. and I, I kind of remember something where there was like something about like the boys being buried in a tree, like a hollowed out tree, but I couldn't find anything. So I can't remember if I'm mixing that up with another story with something else, but um, that's something that like, I feel like we kind of remember, but well, does he have any family members? His parents live in Florida. Right. So, brothers or sisters or. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, nothing that has been like put in. I'm thinking like he's sent them with a family and they're out. Well, of and that's something. Country. And so I think they, I think the police have kind of like went down that road and tried to figure it out. Um, but I think in, the, in like 2017, 18, there were remains of three children that were discovered in, uh, in a shed in Montana. And back then it was like highly thought of like the everybody's like oh we got the boys this is where they right. are you know they're dead they they were buried in the shed but they did dna testing on those skeletons and they were not the skeletons i should they did dna testing on the three the children remains that they found in montana and it was not the skeleton brothers um and the you know like the forensics team kind of aged the skeletons at you know like it, i think it was like two five and seven so it's like they were just too young for the boys, you know, well, like kind of in the same age group. Story like this out there too. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. So, um, but yeah. And then in, um, it was in 2019 when an Ohio woman came forward and saying that she saw John in that Dodge caravan on Thanksgiving. And that's where they kind of pulled those strings. But again, that was almost 10 years later. That was nine years later. Um, so that's where, you know, like it's just things, they're there. They're getting good tips. It's just nothing is connecting. So it's like they just can't 
tie those loose ends um, with that. And I think some of it too, is like, they, they know it's like that one, the last piece of the puzzle is being kept with John. And now he's refusing to talk to the news. He's refusing to talk to the police. He's just not, he's not talking to anybody anymore um, from this. So to me, I feel like he, like, I don't know, like he either, you know, especially if he was attempting to kill himself, then, you know, like most likely, you know, because of the situation, would he have done a murder suicide where he murdered three boys or, you know, did he sell them on the black market, you know, like, or, you know, sell them into a sex slave thing, you know, a, a sex ring, you know, those are things that, you know, that maybe they're still alive, but you, we, like nobody knows if they're, they're alive. Nobody knows if they're dead, but it's kind of, to me, I thought it was odd too, where, why would you go to the ER for a broken ankle? Cause you attempted suicide. Like if you were attempting suicide right. and you fell and broke your ankle, wouldn't you just try to attempt suicide again? Like, why are you concerned about your broken ankle? But. Well, that was his alibi. Cause then he could make his kids yeah. disappear somehow. Somebody picked those kids up or he took them somewhere. Yeah. And, so I don't know, well, you know, and that's, that's something to, <laughs> you know, none of the boys ever like reported to school or like any adults or anything that they were being abused at home or anything where it like, where it shined any kind of like suspicious light on the mom. Um, but really it's like the dad had some really erratic behavior leading up to this. Cause it was literally like September. Let me get back to the timeline. Um, September of 2010. That's when she filed for divorce because she, that he took the boys to Florida um, without her permission with that. Um and she, you know, like she was able to convince him to come back, but she, you know, and then she filed for, oh, she filed for a divorce. And then he took the two oldest ones back to Florida without her consent, which to me, I mean, I guess I don't understand how like with custody issues and the courts work, but like if you're in a, in the middle of a divorce and custody battle and one of the parents takes the kids out of state without consent, wouldn't that revoke your ability to even have custody of your kid at all? And wouldn't you well, like, be in with a lot? Right. You wouldn't you yeah, so, like I don't know, maybe because she didn't, you know, like she would have had to press charges or something. Press charges. Yeah. You know? So I don't know enough about that kind of stuff and I couldn't really find anything. But um, I do know I do know if you're in the middle of a divorce and you cannot take a child across state lines. State lines, right from right. the other parents. You know, yeah. I just know that. But that's again. One time we gave a bunch of people a free trip to the Bahamas, and one of them was going through a divorce. You could take, and you could take somebody. So she took her daughter, and she was in the middle of a divorce, and she couldn't even get on the plane. (laughs) She had to leave everybody behind. Oh no! um, And you know, because I think you you can. I mean, I just think you have to have permission consent so, yeah you have to have consent well, of that, he that the plane either he probably drove right. but 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I got about a thousand questions on this one. So, but this, so for our listeners, there is still, I think there's still a reward out. I saw there is like, it's a website that like the skeletonbrothers.com or something like that. I'll, I'll have to get to it. But um, the, on that website, it does say that there's a reward for $60,000 if they can, you know, provide information for where these the brothers are, you know, and that information they've continuously done age progression, age progression photos of all three of the boys today. They, you know, Tanner, who was five at the time would be 17. Alexander would be 19. Andrew would be 21. Um, but they do have, this has been now. So Morency police has turned it over to uh, Michigan state police. So if anybody has any information, they still, it's a cold case, but they are still like trying to figure out what happened. So police are asking anybody with any information to call. Um, I don't know if we should give out the number or not, but um, they do have phone numbers listed for the Michigan State Police for like a tip line. And then the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children, um, which that one I feel okay to give out because that is with Adam, like, um, Adam Walsh of Walsh. Um, that's, you know, like the, um, the original, like kind of big case, but that's a 1-800, the lost. So it's 1-800-843-5678. So they, they are also investigating this too. Um, which, you know, so there's, you know, they just, nobody really knows. I read some stories. Some of them are really old, um, you know, I mean, this is a 12 year old case now, but some of them are kind of older with the mom. Tanya still is like holding out hope that the three boys are alive. But I did see somewhere else, too, where she says, you know, like you have to be realistic. And she, you know, hopes that they're alive. But there's, you know, a realistic possibility that they're no longer alive um, for that, too. So, well, is grandma and grandpa still alive down in Florida? I don't know that. I don't know if, you know, I'm assuming, you know, with any missing case in, especially in this situation that all family, all family members were interviewed and ruled out and, you know, like, you know, cause that's something too. And I, I feel like when this first happened in 2010, that was something too, where did the dad ship them out to Florida on like a red eye by themselves, because you can send minor kids on a plane by themselves. Um, you know, so would that would, be a question too on did he send them to them i think that was ruled out pretty quickly though you know so who knows but i know but i just don't under i mean how do you know that the grandma and grandpa didn't drive up come i'm, get I'm thinking and then you know hide them somewhere okay well let's put it in this kind of situation if man and i were you know in the middle of a divorce and a custody battle and i said hey take odin and hide them from the world, would you be okay with that? Would you ethically and morally be okay with that? And I'm I'm no. arrested for endangerment, endangerment and kidnapping well, my own kid. Now, let me take that back. If my children were being molested. Right. Well, that's not the I case. Can see, I can see myself taking them, hiding them. I'm not going to trust the judicial system to correct this or... But I don't think that was the case because, again, you know, like, I don't think that they were being sexually molested at all. I think the dad was trying to put out, yeah, use that angle so that people concentrated on her past felony charge that happened. I'm just saying it is possible 
that that was happening, that is a possibility. Sure, it's and a possibility. Like, I'm not and contacting I'm, attorneys. I'm not calling the police. I'm just getting them out of there because I don't trust. But that's not the right way to do it either. You know. Well, I know, right. but I understand that. But what what I was getting at is the dad probably really didn't think that he would be in jail this long. He probably thought that he'd be able to get out. I don't think so on that one. I think that and mom made a mistake when she was like a teenager and the No, I know, but I mean family probably said, Hey, this I, is what's I, going know, on. I I'm not gonna press charges. Before I really had a real opinion of it. Because he tried to get him that, twice. That case of her Florida. I mean, what is yeah, that? I mean, about? to you know, me that could mean a lot of things. Sure, but to me, I think I think trying to take your kids out of state without the consent of the other parent that you're married to or in the divorce, like that's a bigger deal than something that happened, you know, like 20 years, you know, or like, I guess, yeah, it was like well, 20 years. And you have to think about the fact that she years. was awarded full custody. So in a court yeah. of law, they saw all of her charges and yeah. still gave her full, full custody. custody. Right. So somewhere well, yeah. like that, Somewhere along the line that like that people knew that the father was not capable of taking yeah. care of these children and that the mom was whether or not she was had this charge on her file. Anyway, her like it was there when she did the when the the separation was going he through. So was, he was awarded or she was awarded. She was. Yeah, she awarded was. Full custody. Yeah. And see, I understand that. That's what I'm saying that the father. I think that he knows whether they're alive or oh, not. I think, he, I think he knows oh, yeah. where they're at. He knows. Like, and that's what you know. Like, like, and that might be why he's I not talking think, or saying anything. I think that they're still alive somewhere, and he thought that he'd be out of prison to spend the t spend the, the life with them. And somebody's got those three boys. Somebody's raising think, those boys for her. For him. Has, any, has anybody like? really looked into with like whether or not he had any like outstanding debts or anything like that like what, could he have like I lost the children right and that's what like you know like did he sell them on the black market because he right. had, you know, like did he you know so i don't know and that's something like i try i really looked into a lot of this and a lot of the stories it's more just the local news stories there's not even a wikipedia page on this which i found kind of crazy so um but i did find um so the grandparents live in Jacksonville, or they did at the time. So this story is from 2010, but the grandmother, Roxanne Skeleton, she was 60 back in 2010, so she'd be 72 now, said that she, she told the newspaper she believes that an unknown person has the boys, and hopefully they will return the boys. So she, I, I think his parents really didn't know what, or at least they're telling the public that they didn't know anything what was going on either so i don't know i don't know that i believe mm -hmm. that they weren't maybe they weren't in on it but i bet you they know the story yeah mm -hmm. i agree especially because, like, especially because seems... he was trying to get them to go down there twice right, right. So they knew that they were coming the parent grandparents knew because the son had tried to do it twice so I there's something sneaky too, about it. Like and I really think years, that he's got some somebody watching them. Almost. And they're probably out of the country, so nobody can find them. Maybe. Hmm. 
Well, I don't know. remember when and they does, found those. Got, and does he write letters why he's in prison? I mean, the prison. No, he doesn't. Are, no, he doesn't talk to anybody. And he's in um oh shoot, what prison? He's up in, um Ionia, I think. He's um let me see if I can find it again. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, he's up in a prison in Ionia, but I can't remember what what it's called. Um I'm sorry, I think I might have missed it, but how long is he gonna be in jail for? Like how he, long it was it was his sentence was 10 to like it just said 10 to 15 years and he was up for parole in 2020 and then again in 2022 and both times he was denied and i think he can apply for parole or he can apply for parole this year um but it doesn't like say when so i think it's going to be around like august september of this year he'd be able to apply for parole again but um, no matter what he's going to be out in 2025 at, at the very latest, yeah, 2025. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, okay, so he's being held at Bellamy Creek Correctional Facility in Ionia. So. Hmm. And, um, yeah, so, and I think, you know, obviously the mom doesn't want him to ever get his parole, you know, right. to serve his time, but you know, we're coming up. It's you know, fifteen years doesn't seem like that long for what's going on. But maybe that's something too. Where in a few more years, when he does get out, we find out what happens. Because, like you said, maybe he did give them to what he says is an unknown person, but maybe it was somebody that he knew, and he got them out of the country or whatever. And we'll kind of find out as soon as he is out. But. I wonder if they're, I mean, if they're still alive and if he had anything to do with it. Um, like if they're in Canada. Well, and that's, a, yeah, I mean, that could be the case too, but that's something to. It's like, so easy to smuggle somebody into Canada yeah. from Michigan. So, I mean, you know, like with his cell phone pinging in Ohio, he could have dropped him off in Ohio with somebody, you know, and then, you know, left, got them out of there from there. I don't know. But I also think too, like, I don't know. This isn't like, I, I feel like it was national news back in 2010, but it really hasn't been broadcast too much um, since then. But you would think as like boys, especially the older one, he was nine at the time, you know, like you would think like, oh, what, what happened to my mom? You know, but I also think some mm -hmm. of it is like kids are so impressionable, especially at that age, that if you're told like, hey, we got you away from your mom because she was abusive, they start to believe, right. you know, they're brainwashed and start to believe it. Right. But. And if they're with um, a group of people mm -hmm. that don't watch the news, that aren't involved yeah. in anything going on in the world, they could be living there, and they probably have told been told some horrific story mm -hmm. of why they're not right. with their mother. Right. And they would hide them. They would hide people. Right. Oh, I'm sure. Right. You know, because it's okay. them against the world type of situation. Yeah. So they would hide people. Yeah. So but who knows? They, probably, they yeah. could possibly be living with an Amish or some type of group like that. Um, right. Well, and that's and, the thing, too, is like the Amish community, there are very strict, you know, like there's different levels of Amish or different Amish right. communities that, mm -hmm. you know, like some Amish people do drive cars. Um, you know, some don't, you know, so I think it just depends. I don't know if they're all called Amish. That could just be a broad term that we're using incorrectly. But Right. It, you're right. Um, we are. 
We are because there's men and yeah, we are. There is a word. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So, but in the news stories, it all they all said it was um like an Amish community. So, um, which which are very prevalent in Michigan. Like that's the thing. It's like they there's a lot of Amish communities in Michigan. Right. He maybe have convinced himself of that. Right. Yeah, I think so. Well, and that's another thing I was going to say about his parents who live in Florida. Like, how easy will it be to, like, convince your parents that, you know, your ex-wife is abusing your grandchildren? Right. 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 Yeah. And then I also think so because the kids were so young. The 14-year-old thing, I don't think that should be taken so lightly. I'm not saying take it lightly. I'm just saying it it was a red herring. Like, it's something that he's basically shining a light on to get away from he his wasted, own. yeah, he wasted time investigating that other for the police to right. investigate that. And I think they did their due diligence to kind of get to the bottom of it and figure it out and stuff. But and I, I think, think it was a tool that he used to get it off of him. And you have to think about like in 1998, that kind of like if she was 19 and he was 14, like it's gross. It is. And unfortunately, if it was a man and a like if the girl was 14 and the guy was 19. We wouldn't think it's so crazy, um, but it is so. Yeah, I went to high school. I know with I, kids that were fourteen dating eighteen, nineteen year olds too, and nobody twenty year olds, nobody better than I. Um, and so we I wouldn't think anything of who married when she was twenty, married a seventy three year old. Yeah, man. exactly. Yeah. But you know what? That turned out well, didn't it? They it did. It turned out time. really well. Yeah. So, wow. but the, so that's what we're saying is like I don't think she was twenty. It's either. it's not like, right, and it's still gross. But at the same time, like you have to think about when when you first hear it. Like when I first heard it, and her Jesse saying she's forty four, I'm thinking she was like thirty at the time when she got this conviction with a fourteen year old. But it's different when it's nineteen. Yeah, it is. And 1998 was not ten years ago. No. <laughs> so. It was 30. It was almost, it was more than 20 years ago. It was 25 years ago. Because we're in 2023. It was 25 years ago. Yeah. So it is not, we're not saying it's okay or we should take it lightly, but it's probably nothing to do with these children. Yeah. And that's what I think too. It was never anything to do with the the boys going missing. Oh, I don't think so either. Anything I on that? that was, I, I think, think I think he lost custody and was mm-hmm. upset that he lost custody and did what right. he needed to do to get his boys. Yeah. yeah, right. And we'll never know if they're alive or not because even if he does get out of prison, if they're out of the country, he's going to go wherever they're at. So right. if he, well, leaves the country, I think he's going to be followed. Hopefully, he's going to be followed. I would think so too. Yeah, like well, I'm hoping so too. Because yeah, when you get out of prison, you just can't like up and leave the country, either. right? So you you're on charged. parole. What? What you said? But you can if you're Charles Manson. He didn't leave the country. Well, he got out of parole early, so and go and go over the border it, it, with an ID. You know, and how do they know that he's been in prison? You know. That was also the sixties. You can go to Canada with a passport. Okay. Yes, but he's not going to have a passport. passport. You can't have have a passport. 
as a convicted <laughs> felon, you cannot have a passport. <laughs> That's why okay, you have like, passports and stuff. Let, let me ask you this. So if he gets out of prison in 2025 mm -hmm. and he goes and gets these boys wherever they're at, is there any legal things that can happen to him at that I point? I don't know because that could, you know, like, because what Cause would they charge adults, him with? Right. Well, and that's the thing, though, too, is like, what would they charge him with then? You can't, like, charge him for kidnapping and, you know, like, imprisonment again because he already right. served his time for that. That's true. Served his time. That's They're true. Now, so they can't, so they can't recharge him for that. Crime. But like, what kind of relationship is he really going to have with these boys after you know fifteen years? Probably, probably a very good one if he convinces them that I would gave up fifteen years of my life to protect you. Maybe. And whoever Crazy they're with, who knows what they're telling them? Like. Well, the thing yeah. though too is like if he is writing letters or talking to them, he may not be using their names, but he's you know, or he there's like cold names, you know. That's still like those letters are. Whoever it's not like those letters aren't going to be tracked. Whoever they're with could be sent, you know, just feeding them the story that your dad is going to come get you. Yeah. In 2025, you know, and yeah, and they're probably excited to see him. But I also think, Casey, no. I get what you're saying, but you could easily track or like you could kind of get around that with like, hey, I'm in prison. I'm going to mail this letter to mom and dad and then mom and dad are going to mail right, that right. letter to wherever and then mail that letter to wherever. You know, so it's like a train of going, but still, you know, but like, people. But. That, if, if that's true, like if that's what's happening, uh, not that I really have that much faith in our judicial system, but like. There's got to be like the whole point is that these boys are missing and that they're literally like yeah. on every walk, like on every every like kidnapped kid list. Like, right. there's got to be some kind of tracking. Like, it, yeah. even if he sends a letter to his parents, yeah, I'd be I watching the parents to like where that letter goes. Yeah. You know, like it, 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 at that point, if this is getting if this is getting done and this is getting away with, the, like, wh who's even searching for the kids? Like, that's yeah. such an easy route to follow. Yeah. I don't know. It's that's why, why it's not gotten a psychic involved. I don't know, but this is why this is a mystery. This one is a story that has it's a good one. I didn't know about this one. Well, yeah, I remember it, and I remember when they found the three boys in a shed or something, and they were thinking that's who these were that he had killed them, but. Mm -hmm. I want to say, like, I don't know why I remember something about the boys being put in a tree. Like, he killed them, put them in a tree, and they went and looked at the tree, and, like, there was nothing there. And then he changed his story again. Like, I feel like that was something, but I couldn't find any anything like yeah. that. So I must be misremembering. Because I feel like it was, so it was Joanne Taylor. He said that he gave them to, uh, to like, a neighbor named Joanne Taylor. And when they couldn't find anything about her, it was like, okay, well, yeah, I killed him, and I put him in this tree. You know, and they could, and then, and then it was the, you know, he gave them to an unknown Amish lady, you know, kind of thing. So, I don't know. Which I feel like that's the story that he's kind of stuck with is that he gave them to an unknown lady with a from the underground Amish community. But as a mother, you know, like I wouldn't give my child to an unknown person. You know, like that seems weird. You know, like. I don't know who you are. I don't know your name. Like, oh, but here, you're no. my kid. Desperate. I protect my kid. 
you are desperate to get your kids away from. Something. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I would even do that either. I think I'd be smarter about it. And you know, I, like, I, you know what? I will say this: if I found out that my kids were being molested, I'd find a I'd way to probably like prove it. Yeah, I probably would give some serious thought. Anyhow, I maybe I wouldn't do it, but would really seriously think. I'm not letting the judicial system solve this because we know how much they have messed up every other case. There's no way I'm going to just sit back and think, well, they're going to take care of this. I'm taking care of it. You know okay. I mean? Well, but then like, you find proof. Right. Yeah. Like you find proof or like, I don't know, get rid of the person who's molesting the kids. Like why right. would you willingly lose 15 years of your having kids. kids in your life while the like abuser is still out and about like if i'm going to lose 15 years i'm going to lose 15 years for getting them out of the yeah. situation right you know what i mean like well, i'm not going to just let them disappear that's for 15 years if I would jail for 15 years i'm doing whatever i do need to get but them that's out a, of i don't think it's a real i don't think his his uh claims of her being uh abused, like, yeah i don't i don't believe it either because that's something too like if that's what I thought, like if I thought, you know, like well, Odin was well, being sick, guess what? I'm going to be saying, filing every report possible to say that, and I'm going to make it look like that person is a really right. crappy person, and right. I'm going to make them look bad. And then it's a small community; people talk, people gossip. I'm going to create a bad character for them, and people will start mm -hmm. to believe it. Create a good character for myself, and then people are going to feel sorry for you you're going to play the victim like i could play the victim and then that right. other person is looked at as the you know well, the predator certainly no like even I if know. you have to come up with evidence to, like create evidence true. yeah just like be smart about it yeah know? certainly but, no enough cases where a kid say were being abused were left with their abuser time and time again because but not when they have now when they have proof right now when they have proof or they have a parent willing to take care of it like yeah. if most of those cases it's like the only parent or guardian that these kids have and it's you know it is what it is uh, but with this like this is a parent who could have gone to the legal gone through it the legal way first and then if right. that didn't work, do this. Like he had, yeah. he made no effort to do this right. the legal way. Right. We we really don't know. We do know yeah, though, because we, we have the no court cases. Yeah. yeah. There would be court cases. There would be appeals of Police the. Like, there would be anything. Well, like I, one of my friends is going through a custody battle right now, and like they have to go to court like every couple months to yeah. like talk about why they want full custody. Mm -hmm. Like you have to actually like go in and fight for that. You can't just be like, "All right, I want full custody today." Mm -hmm. Even well. like even when the parent is like not a good fit or abusive, like you have to go in there and try. Mm -hmm. You have to like get a lawyer and do the due process. Well, I mean, I could bring up some specific cases, but I I, I don't have faith in the judicial system to take care of these kind of things mm. because there's a lot. So of you would rather just ship your kids off with someone you don't know who could possibly then sell your kids to the black market, or you know, sexually well, abuse them, or that, you know, like. like who knows that the they're not getting sexually abused now? Yeah. Who knows that they weren't sold into the sex market and now they're, you know, living 
somewhere else as sex slaves mm -hmm. and they're chained up in a dungeon. Yeah. You never know. I think I would rather have a record put on there because when it comes down to it, there's proof. Yeah. Record uh, all your evidence. Especially with this, like, it, yes, it's not a, like a national known case, but even for it just to be a Michigan, Michigan known case, like I would want to be, be able to go on the news and be like, look at, I filed this appeal. I did this. I did this. Yeah. And I told, I told people she was an abuser. Right. And record conversations and do it that. Was you know, you're really concerned news. about it. It was national news. That's what I said. It was in, in 2010 when it first happened. It was national right. news, but I don't think. I think it's kind of burnt out since then, you yeah. know, like every other story, you know, give it another, well, you know, give it a couple days. And then social media forget. back then, and that's what makes a lot of these stories. They did have out. social media back then. It just wasn't it's as big as it is now. But also, like, unfortunately. I've had Facebook since going, 2005, okay? Okay. MySpace before unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, kids going missing is a daily occurrence. Yeah. So something like this, even with it being such a kind of crazy case, it will fall through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I don't know. We may never find out or give it a couple years. Maybe we can round table this again in, you know, to 2025 and find out if we know any more. A couple more years. That guy will probably be running for president and half the country will be in support of him. Probably. Oh, so now you're in support of him. It sounds like it. I know. You've been fighting for him the whole time. I don't know. It's crazy though. I don't remember this story at all. And this was like right well, when I was in high school. 2010. Yeah, you would have been in high school. So I don't know. But you got to remember, like, I was in high school where I was doing like part of the new news broadcast team yeah, I guess, and the digital yeah. media arts team. <laughs> like, this would probably be a story I would have talked about. <laughs> you were at, yeah. literally doing the news. You yeah. Were at the radio station at this time. I was the broadcasting station. Yeah, I know. You probably actually did a story on it. But you just don't I'm sure it. I did. I just don't remember it. Yeah, there's like no way I didn't do a story about it. Hmm. I had to fit it in between, you know, corn reports and uh, yeah. bail. And polkas. <laughs> yeah, polkas. and polka music. <laughs> <laughs> and the polkas. I don't know. It's it's a sad situation. Anytime kids are involved, it's sad. But to not know. Mm -hmm. But there's so many unknown kids all over the world where they're at. Missing. Yeah. Missing. Yep. Missing. But I just think it's pretty sneaky that he's he tried to kidnap him twice. Yeah. And now he's not, something, yeah. any, he's not cooperating whatsoever anymore. So right. I, I I agree with the cops. I do think that he knows what he's happened, hiding something. Either that they, he, he murdered yeah. them or, you know, whatever. But I also think, too, like I said, with him going to the hospital because he broke his ankle, you know, I don't know how that happened. You know, like there was no real details on what happened with his, you know, with his ankle. But, you know, I, I think his... Um, claims of and if he did to try to kill style. himself they would have had evidence in his home well he tried to hang himself so he would have had evidence on his neck you know yeah, lacerations right. or bruising on his neck but none of that was 
at least in the reports, none of that was there. But right, um, so that, that's, that, that's I think it was a lie. I think he was just using it as an excuse. And right. like you said, he was trying to be at the hospital at the ER at the time when the kids went missing to give himself an alibi. But really, it kind of shot himself in the foot because you're in charge of three kids under 10 and you went to the hospital by yourself. Right. Like if you broke your you know, foot or your ankle, you take them with you kids with you or call the mom and say, Hey, I had an accident. You need to come get the kids down. Right. But he, he said in his, in a statement that he didn't want them to see him. So he had already yeah. shipped those kids out. Right. And that's what he and when the neighbor And when the neighbor seen those kids out in the yard, well, they saw him and the day that, before. And yeah, and said that that was the last time they'd seen him. So somehow in the middle of the night, they came up missing. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. I I I think that I think it was part of the plan. But for purposes there was for a theory, entertainment purposes only. That's my I my think opinion. There was a theory, I think there was a theory back in 2010, if I remember correctly, too, where he did hand them off to some unknown person. And so he really doesn't know where they are, what happened to them. He just knows that he, you know, gave them to some random person and never saw them again. But I don't know. And so, maybe somebody maybe looking to adopt or somebody that. Right. So. I don't know. I think, he, I think he knows where they're at. That's. There's all kinds of theories and, you know, what happened and, you know, the, the him having them out somewhere and they're still alive. But it just seems like, you know, who knows, you know, and maybe one day they'll when they're, you know, in a couple of years, they'll kind of realize, hey, I don't remember or I remember little bits and pieces of my childhood and was told this about my mom. Maybe I am this kid. So. And nobody has kept track of her over the years or what she's doing now. I mean, I mean, I couldn't find anything in the report really. So, yeah. but, and like I said, like, there's not like, it's just like local news stories. There's like a couple, like I found a couple like podcasts um, about this and there's like some documentaries. <clears throat> there's a book. <clears throat> there's a book called 76 minutes my search for andrew alexander and tanner what is that book it's on amazon um who is it by mr lynn thompson um and oh mr lynn thompson and mr donald allison it looks like maybe a couple other people but um so there's like that book but i think it's like local people that are friends with the family or, you know, like kind of know of the family, um, do this. And then, um, I think there's a documentary with John Walsh who kind of covered this as well. Who's the father of Adam Walsh, the, um, who, which is why we have code Adams, you know, those mm -hmm. kind of situations. Um, right. um, but it's like, I couldn't find, Trying to find there like there's nothing that um I guess yeah so real life nightmare I haven't seen or read any of this stuff so I don't know how well it is but real life nightmare is like a movie or a documentary or a docu series maybe um 
for that. But there's nothing that, like, there's not a Wikipedia page. There's not anything that kind of, like, condenses all the information into one one site. So, I don't know. Um, but, like I said, there was... Now I can't find it anymore. There was a website that it looks like it was put together by a family member or like towns people that like a local community. Um, and it was, oh, there it is. Skeletonbrothers.org. Um, but it it's like, it looks like it's not been updated for a few years. You know, it's um kind of an older looking website, but it just gives personal information about the boys. Even like, it just gives, you know, like goes into personal information on each of the boys there, how their, you know, personalities were, what they like to do activities. And it shows a lot of pictures of each of them. The last school pictures that they each had. Um, there is a reward up for $60,000, but it still does have Morency police as like the contact there. And then, like I said, it has since been transferred over to the uh, Michigan State Police. So, um, but they were all involved in sports and they liked to have spaghetti tacos, which I don't really know what that is. But it says on the site that they saw it on a show. So um, Tanya so, made it for them. And that's yeah, one of their favorite things. Spaghetti pretty, tacos. Uh, it's pretty Cut and dry. You put spaghetti in the taco. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's like, actually, it isn't a show. I'm pretty sure it's I, Carly. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, but they literally have like hard shell tacos and they just put spaghetti. <laughs> no, thank you. But whatever. <laughs> oh. Yep. So. Yeah, that's that's all I have for that. So if I mean, that was a good one. Look into it. You if you Google Skeleton Brothers, it, they're all, like all the local news stories come up, so you can kind of skim through there. I did see one that from like the Daily Mail, so it looks like it made like worldwide news at one point. You know, but it, uh, I looked it up and it showed the the what they look like today. And yeah, they have the progression photos, but yeah, you, you should know, like, share that because then but, maybe well, the somebody might the see them. I feel like with progression photos, it's hard to judge mm -hmm. because if right. they are in like a, a sex ring or in like child slavery kind of thing or whatever, they're not going to look like that. That's what they're going to look like if they're well taken care of not malnourished and you know homeless right. or any of that kind of stuff you know yeah. right right so i think you know yeah they 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 continuously like every couple of years they update those photos for the age progression but i think it's hard to like really use those as well have you guys ever done those age progression photos mm -mm. no i was also just thinking has any has an age progression photo ever worked like i feel like i've never heard a story where they did yeah, the age progression and then it's like i did worked. one i did one on myself or somebody did it on me i don't know how it happened but i looked identical to my uncle bob so hmm. i i assume that's exactly what i'm going to look like because you could look at that picture and that's my uncle bob hmm. So I don't really need an age progression photo. 
I mean, you can literally look at the pictures. I know you can literally look at the pictures on the screen and figure out what I'm going to look like in 20 years. You'll look like me. So when I'm old and wrinkled and farty looking, you know, that's what you'll look like. Yep. Exactly. Yep. That's all I have for this week. All right. Good show. Very interesting. Anybody got anything they want to add? And that was really for entertainment purposes only because it was mostly opinions. Exactly. <laughs> yes, because we really don't know too much really information. See that coming across the screen. Yeah. Yep. Um. Anybody got any funny stories they want to tell us or serious stories? Okay. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. I hope um, everybody enjoyed it. Look forward to seeing you guys again next week. And everybody have a fantastic week. Okay. Bye. 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 Alexa played the famous school of thought. <laughs>